We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have Dr. Taryn Dames. We have have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have culture-proof kids, culture-proof teens. It's something for the whole family and so you want to register we're going to give out more information is coming but you want to register the registration will start in february so just be on the lookout for that culture proof conference 2024 in bartlett tennessee at faith baptist church we are super excited more information as we get closer make sure you stay connected Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today, this is part five of a five-part series we've been doing on how to start well as a family. Just kind of walking through the kinds of conversations that we often discuss. Like, what are the things that we need to do, you know, when you do that self-check or that family check? Mm-hmm. Man, are we doing the things that glorify the Lord? Are we doing the things that help to shape the character of our children that we want to see, the kind of character that glorifies God? Yeah. Um, where are the areas that we could do a little bit better? And on today's episode, we want to talk about how to raise a leader. You'll remember mm. uh, several episodes back, we talked about how to raise a coward, not something that we <laughs> want to do. Right, um, right. But here, we actually do want to raise a leader. And I think, again, and this really pairs nicely with the previous episode on teaching servanthood like Jesus, um, a servant is a leader Mm -hmm. and a leader must be a servant. This goes against the grain of culture. Wow. Man, when I think of um, raising leaders, you know, immediately what comes to my mind is Daniel and his companions Mm. and what their parents must have done that they would go into Babylon and not be changed. You know, they were seeking to raise leaders because Mm -hmm. there were other kids, other young men who were taken from Judah who bowed down and mm-hmm. did the things, you know, but these young men did not. And so I think we first have to see what the word of God says and, and instill the word of God within our children. That would help them to be fortified and to lead. Yeah. You know, that really brings me to point number one, that leaders know how to submit to the word of God mm. and they know how to be led by the spirit of God. When yeah. I'm thinking of the three Hebrew boys and and you've taught on this extensively, it's been so good. And every time 
time, there's something that jumps out at me that I hadn't thought about before. Even you bringing up, you know, what must the children's parents or what must these boys' parents Mm -hmm. have taught them? How must they have been shaped by the truth and the authority of Scripture Mm. to live by those convictions? I think first and foremost, if we want to raise leaders, Mm. we've got to make sure that they know what they're leading in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, wh- like, where are they standing? What right. are their convictions? What are they holding fast to that's worth them taking a stand in culture and being immovable on mm. that? I mean, you, you're not going to get a kid who leads if the kid doesn't know the direction yeah. that the kid is even going in. Yeah, no, that's true. Even to the point of Daniel understanding that they would be bound for 70 years, you know, like he... So they Mm. knew the scriptures. They knew what the prophets had said, you know, before them. They knew what Jeremiah was preaching, (laughs) you know. And so they have to have the information, the right information. And I would say, as a Christian, the word of God to be able to lead effectively if we're talking about building Christians who will lead in this culture. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Like, if you want your kid to stand up for what is right, which is leadership, right? Mm -hmm. The kid has to know what's right. Like the kid, <laughs> right. the kid has to know what's the way that I need to think about this issue. And the only way you get there is by robust indoctrination. Mm. Yes. They're like, oh, I don't like that word. <laughs> no, but come on, right? The right. Bible is good for doctrine, yes. for teaching sound doctrine, Amen. to Amen. know what is right, not only to think, but also what to practice as it pertains to the Lord. So yes. if you want to raise leaders and you want to raise godly leaders, then you want to raise the kind of people who know what they're taking a leadership position on. Amen. If they're they're um, they're walking and they expect people to be following after them, then what direction are they actually walking in? This comes from being steeped in the word of God, training your kids to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit as he leads in every circumstance. The Holy Spirit is the one who tells our kids to say no to ungodliness, Amen. which Amen. is a leadership position, right? <laughs> yes. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and who draws us towards righteousness. The Holy Spirit does that work. We've got to train our kids to be able to recognize his voice. I want to throw this out at you. Yeah. Um, raising a leader also requires that our kids recognize the value in godly counsel, Mm. that not every one of their peers Mm. is going to fall into the category of someone who is worth them bending their ear toward, right? right. They've got to be able to recognize godly counsel Mm. and follow that. Yeah, and the Bible talks about he who want to be wise will walk walk with the wise. Mm, those, amen. And so you know, and and man, not be in the company of fools. Yes. Like that, <laughs> if you want to re- raise a leader, you know, they have to have the right companions around them. They have to be able to submit to wise counsel to those who will tell them the truth. And we're meaning the truth about God's word mm-hmm. and the truth of how to live out uh, a godly life. Yeah, we have to t- uh, teach our children how to submit to that and how to even desire that. Yes. How to yes. want godly counsel and wisdom from those who would be the godly. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we live in a world that just kind of pushes upon us um, peer influence. It just happens not just among kids. You know, when people say, you know, peer pressure and peer influence and all of that, it's whoever your peers are. I mean, we are surrounded by people that it could be very easy for us to say, oh, that's how we should think on that issue. That's a peer pressure, right? Mm. That could be a peer influence. Right. And so what you want to do is you want to fortify your kids, not only to recognize um, how to follow the word of God 
and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, but to recognize when someone may be advising them in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. Like mm. some some of our kids can be presented, if you will, with options that really, if your kid knows the truth, that's not an option. Right. Like, right. I'm not going to lie about that. Right. Well, here's what we could do. Well, if it doesn't involve truth, then that's not what we could do. Mm. We, how about we could not do that? You know, um, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, I'm going to start at verse 14, where there is no guidance, the people fall, mm. but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Wow. And we want to raise the type of leaders who know that for what it is that they are doing in the world, they've got to have wise counselors mm. around them that they recognize, hey, this person is speaking truth. And again, I know it seems like a circular argument, but the only way they're going to be able to recognize that is that you train them in the truth. Yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> that's the way that discernment is going to be built. That's the way that they're going to want those things that would be of, of associated with wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to be trained in that way. And so we have a great opportunity to share with our children, you know, uh, about wanting and desiring to receive wise counsel. Again, it goes back to some of the other things we've said. We have to model being ones that receive wise counsel as oh, well. Oh, that's so If we're always shrugging off, you know, counsel and saying, oh, I know how to do it. I do it myself. So, I, you know, my own man and all this mm. kind of stuff, then what is that going to say to our children? Yeah. They're going to have that same type of attitude, not taking wisdom from those who are wise, you know? Now, we can't get um, counsel from everyone. That's why it's called wise counsel. Amen. And so we need to be open <laughs> to that ourselves as parents so that our children would desire wise counsel. You know, we have to model these things. You know, I was thinking about um, the characteristics of a leader and one of the things that was really hard for me, and, and I, I want to get your take on this, mm -hmm. is that sometimes when the Lord has called you to do things that are countercultural, you know, um, lay down your life, serve, right? It can feel overwhelming and it can feel like there's a lot that is being required of you. And I think about our children, um, maybe from time to time, it can seem like there's a lot that we are requiring of our children. I think it's so important for us to teach our kids that to whom much is given, mm. much is required, yeah. right? That if the Lord has entrusted gifts to them, if they know Jesus, first and foremost, let me just back up. Mm -hmm. If they know Jesus Christ, okay, then the knowledge of who he is has been entrusted to them. This mm. is a trust that that they've got to steward well, but then you add to that, that the Holy Spirit has given them gifts, right? That aid them in the capacity of being a leader, standing up, taking a position on an issue in culture. And that is something that will require a lot of them. We don't want them to go out into the world and encounter that for the very first time. We want to teach them while they are still at home, while we're still able to model for them that if much has been entrusted to you, then much is required of you. Yeah, definitely, because they will have a major responsibility with what they've been given. You know, and if they are professing to be followers of Christ, they're going to have to give an account for that. And we have to let them know the responsibility of carrying that, you know, mm -hmm. and so and being a leader in that, not following the crowd, you know, doing what God has called for you to do, you know, and that's something that's required that Amen. they would lead out. I remember my dad told me uh, years ago when I had a desire to start a Christian club in, in my high school and I was afraid to do it. And he said, no, you need to do it. He said, because what happened is people
people are, are followers. They're like sheep and they're just waiting for one person to, to go ahead and, and start. They don't yeah. want to be the first person, <laughs> you know, but you'll see that people are come along and want to be a part. And that's exactly what happened. He was teaching me how to be a leader. Yes. To yes, not worry was. about what the crowd wow. may say or what I told myself. Oh, no one want to be a part of this. How can I get teachers to be sponsors for this? Man, and God did it. And he showed me, man, you can step out and do these things. And I believe that that's been a feature of my life, starting yes. things, yes. starting different projects and events and things like that. And my dad was teaching me right then and there, don't be afraid, step out. If this is something that God has put on your heart, go ahead and do it because you will find that there are other people with that same desire, but they just don't want to be the first one. You know, it's interesting because having been um, in our nearly 20 years of marriage, having been in so many different settings with you and also so many different meetings, what I repeatedly see is that you often will lead with a comment that maybe other people in the room were thinking, um, but we just didn't say it. Mm. But there is a there is a leadership quality in that, like being willing to break the ice and say the difficult thing that this is just true and nobody wants to say it because it's going to change the atmosphere of the room. Like sometimes there are just hard truths, mm. right, that we're like, ugh. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be the one. Let, right. And I find that you, even without leading with this, you are kind of like, well, let me be the first to say. <laughs> and then after you say that, it's like the room is filled with agreement. Man, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking and I was, you know, and it's and so what we want to do and, and probably this goes back to the discipleship of your dad, mm -hmm. like telling you. Most people are sheep. <laughs> like you just, yeah. just got to do it. Right. And and you've got to be willing because there's a moment that when you lead out in something and this is what we've got to tell our kids or we've got to make sure that they understand that we understand that there is a moment when you lead out and you do the difficult thing that you just almost feel like you're in a free fall. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. It, it's very uncomfortable and you <laughs> yeah. don't know where it's going to land. Right. Like you don't know, will it come down and people are like, yay, thank you. Or will it come down and people are like, we can't believe you said this never come again. Right. Like never ever. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. But yeah. in that moment of free fall, wow. and, and sometimes it's just a matter of seconds, but it feels like two days you've been falling. <laughs> it's like, man, pull the cord and let's <laughs> land. Um, but in that moment of free fall, there is a, the feeling of free fall. Mm -hmm. There is a trust that the Lord wants us to have mm. that if we have done or said what is according to scripture, it. it doesn't matter where we land. That's it. When we have the confidence in knowing that this is God's heart on Amen. the matter, yeah. even if it's hard to say, uh, we know that, man, this is right in the sight of the Lord. Amen. That gives us the boldness and confidence to go out and say it or go and do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that this would be beneficial when the Lord was putting it on my heart to start this Christian club mm -hmm. in my high school, you know, what my dad did was he helped me uh, to with wise counsel yes. to, to show me that, man, don't be afraid of this. Go ahead and do it because the Lord has put this on your heart. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that people have been thinking the same thing that you've been thinking. And so we need that sometimes. We need That's why the body of Christ is the body of Christ. Amen. And we're able to encourage one another to good works. Amen. You know? And so, yes, that responsibility <laughs> you know, to be able to um, not worry about what the crowd says and not worry about, you know, if 
is do you stick your finger in the air which way is the Where, wind where is the wind blowing where is the wind blowing <laughs> yeah. we have to teach our kids not to rely on that amen uh Luke chapter 12 verse 48b says from everyone who has been given much much will be required mm. and to whom they entrusted much of him they will ask all the more oh my goodness mm. can you imagine <laughs> that if we teach our kids yeah there are heavy demands that would be made of a leader um but the Lord has equipped you for it. Mm. Like he, he has readied you for this moment. You know, just recently we were talking with one of our daughters and she found herself in a difficult leadership position that was going to be really trying for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And her desire was, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be too hard. Mm. And we were like, you're doing it. <laughs> right. You're doing it. Right. And then, and then, and that's the starting point. You're doing it. And then the encouragement comes afterwards, yeah. right? That the Lord wants to shape you. He wants to train you. There are things mm. that, you know, we grow in the difficulty. Mm. You know, if we just want the things to be easy, you don't want to always look, you know what our culture says? Our culture says, if your kid doesn't like it, pull them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't make them follow through. Don't mm. make them see it through to the end. No, if it gets uncomfortable, call mama. And I'll be right there. Can I tell you, I've done that two times marked in my head. Mm -hmm. And I'm ashamed to say two times I have done that. I have swooped in like the great rescuer and I have removed, (laughs) I've removed a kid from a situation that the Lord would have used to really shape and train and equip. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, after the first time, I thought I was doing a good thing. Then the second time I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know. And the Holy Spirit started to really work on my heart. Like, how is this helpful? Mm. How is this kid ever going to learn how to be in an uncomfortable circumstance or uncomfortable situation if every time it gets to be a little, then you just swoop in right. and then like the great excavator, <laughs> you know, lift them on out. Yeah. And so, you know, I marked in my mind, I was like, Lord, you know, forgive me, one, for not praying and seeing if this is something I should do, but also give me the strength not to do it again. Because sometimes we don't make leaders in our children. We don't raise leaders because we don't give them an opportunity to be sharpened and to grow in that area. Mm. And I, you know, maybe it wasn't sinful, but I felt convicted that I hadn't sought the Lord. So I asked the Lord to forgive me and and help me not do it again. And here we are in a situation where it's like, I don't want to do it. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I've already had this conversation with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are the things You're that, doing it. <laughs> where there's growth, you know, and we can uh, cause that to be an impediment to the growth that's necessary if we come in and rescue each time. And, you know, I can look back on different things that I had to do that were hard. And as a result of that, what I thought were hard, as a result of that, man, it made me into a better leader. Yeah. You know, someone that, it, that um, became better. It stretched me to mm-hmm. a, a different point that I was able to do more. So the thing is, you know, God works with us, even as parents in our weaknesses and wanting the best for our children. And we may do things like that and come in and rescue. But he, in his in his sovereignty, man, he shows us, he teach, he teach us the right way. He teaches I'm us the right way that. Yeah. that next time we won't do that. And then, you know, the benefit will be there. So praise God for his sovereignty. of all startup businesses fail, and that's not great. But not enough entrepreneurs realize that only 5% of business acquisitions fail. Blue Collar Millionaire wants to help you succeed in business. Business can be good if you know where to look, what to look for, and how to acquire what you find. That's what Blue Collar Millionaire is all about. Kevin, Mark, and Chris are three normal guys who grew their blue collar businesses into seven-figure successes. Now, 
now they are helping others do the same thing. You can learn more when you visit bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net. Let their proven strategies teach you how to purchase into instant cash flow, processes, and systems that create the lifestyle you've dreamed of. It's time for your hard work to work hard for you. Discover the war room at bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net. Amen. And can I just say epilogue here to the story immediately in the situation that we're talking about with one of our kids where it was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. That's going to be tough. And man, the Lord just, you know, convinced us, convicted mm-hmm. our hearts that no, you need to do it. You're, you need to see it through that the Lord is going to grow you and strengthen you. Mm-hmm. And most immediately turned around and is operating in this particular position and is already testifying about what the Lord is doing. Like Amen. is already seeing this kid, already seeing how the Lord can use these situations mm-hmm. and these circumstances to glorify himself, right? And and for our benefit that mm-hmm. we would also grow. Amen. Okay, also talking about how to raise leaders. Leaders don't serve themselves mm. when they lead. Mm. Leaders serve the people who, for lack of a better way to put this, would be under them under their leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Leaders are serving those under their leadership. They're not serving themselves. And we know the difference. When you've got a leader who is serving himself or serving herself, the Bible calls this selfish ambition, right? Mm -hmm. It's like looking out for your own interest and not the interests of others. When you raise a kid who is a leader, that kid recognizes that the things I do, the position I take on an issue, the way I stand up here in this moment where it's very uncomfortable and it's very difficult, it's not just for me, but it's also for the people who would be serve, who I would be serving yeah. under my leadership or by taking this stance that might... Um, Provoke them to holiness or provoke them to righteousness. It's not so that people can say, look at what you've done. Mm -hmm. You're such a great leader. Mm -hmm. But the fruit and the result would be the outcome of the people, the positive outcome of the people that you're actually serving or leading. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's another one of those culture proof things, you know, because a lot of times in this culture, a leader is seen as serving themselves. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the leader and I'm Man. the boss and I'm yeah. the supervisor, whoever it is, you know. And no, but when the heart is, man, I'm serving these people, it's for their benefit. I, yeah. Like, I want to see them grow. Amen. I want to see them get better. You know, as a leader, that makes you a great leader oh, when, you're, the when you care yes. about those who you are serving. Yes. You know, and not looking at them like you guys are supposed to be serving, serving me, me, you know, <laughs> oh, man, man, you know, that's, that's culture proof, you yeah. know, to, to look at the Bible and how Jesus served. Amen. And he was the leader. Amen. The greatest and, ever. And he washed their feet. Oh, come on. <laughs> and he, come you on. know, and he was the leader. And man, so that's we so could take that from Jesus and say, Lord, help us to be able to serve the way that you serve, to be leaders like you were a leader. Yeah. I think in the context, even of marriage, I think that um, this is an important thing to illustrate because you've got husbands who are leading their families. But that just, I remember us learning in ministry training years ago that the, um, what was it said? That the higher up you go in leadership, the more people you serve. Yes. There are a lot of people who are like, I want to be the CEO. I want to (laughs) go. And I I say that I'm thinking about like you and leading our family. So you've got seven people that you're serving. Mm -hmm. 
Right. I mean, oh, wow. like yes. there's a lot of people, <laughs> yes. a lot of people that you're serving in the context of family. We've got to teach our kids hmm. that, hey, I want you to show great leadership quality. That means that you are apt to serve the people that you are leading. The Bible says hmm. in Philippians chapter two, I'm going to look at verse three. It says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And I think about this in the context of what it is to be a leader who serves people and is not looking to be served. Jesus also said something about this, but recognizing that as a leader, it's not just about your ambition and what you want to do. It's not just about, hey, I want to be in this position. So if you undertake a position that is one of you know overt leadership, yeah. you are saying that you are willing to serve the people that you're leading. Mm. I mean, as you say, that's countercultural. That is, wow. that is, that is culture proof, mm -hmm. right? And that's not weakness. I'm going to say this. I think this kind of flows nicely into the next point that if you are able to be a leader and recognize that being a leader is also being a servant, then you can also recognize when the people you lead have gifts and abilities. Mm, that's good. Because as a leader who is serving other people, you don't feel compelled to do all of the things Everything. because you're the yeah. greatest. Right. Right. So, so like, for example, and I'm going to say this because even with our kids, we want to train them to be able to recognize where their siblings are gifted mm -hmm. and entrust their siblings to do various tasks. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so this is now, and again, this is different from lazy delegation. Right. Right. Oh, I was delegating. Well, you just didn't want to do it. No, you, that's not delegating. That's being lazy. This, But to recognize that other people have gifts and abilities is to say, hey, you know, I was tasked with doing this, but I actually think you have a gift here. And I think this might be something you enjoy doing. Can I trust you to do that? Like, mm. would you like to do that is leadership. And yeah. we want to teach our kids that that's valuable in the kingdom of God to shape and to grow other leaders mm -hmm. and not see them as your competition. Yeah, definitely. I think great leaders are able to identify gifts and talents and different things that they may not be strong in, but mm -hmm. see someone that's on the team that has that strength yes. and to empower them to do that work instead of saying, you know, oh, micromanaging, I have to do all this. I have to be involved in all of this to be able to give that off and to say, man, you're good at this. Amen. And so and, and empower them and, and, and share with them like uh, what you see about them so they, they can be strengthened to do that task. I think that makes a great leader to be able to do that. Not all uh, leaders are able to do that. No, because, because insecurity. Because insecurity, and you know the feeling of I want all of the the things in my box. You yeah, know? The, I'm the boss. Exactly. I'm the leader. I need all of the accolades. If anything good happens, it's because I did it. Right. <laughs> Guys, that is sinful, mm. and it's in the heart of our children. 
And so if we want to raise leaders, then what we want to do is we want to teach them to recognize the ways, not only that they are gifted, right? But we want them to recognize the ways other people are gifted and that they can encourage the people around them, maybe mm-hmm. the people that they're serving and leading, that they can encourage them to use those gifts as well. Man, don't you love it when you see a person secure enough to say, hey, you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's another opportunity for you to do that more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see you do that more. It's a blessing. And and we don't recognize it in the moment, but the reason it's a blessing to us when we see it in action is because what we are seeing in action is Christ likeness. Mm. Like when we see a person say, Hey, you're really good at that. Knowing that you too are good at that. You are also good at that, but that person is good at that. And it doesn't take anything away from me to say, hey, you're good at that. I, right. I want to see you do more of that. The reason we marvel at it, the reason we love it is because it's Christ likeness in action. Mm. This is what it looks like when you don't look on your own or to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Amen. When you see yourself as a servant leader, we we can model this for our kids mm-hmm. and we can also teach this to our kids. Um, I'll just say one more thing. A lot of our kids are walking around and they're really insecure it's because they've not been affirmed in the gifts that they have, and they've not been taught how to affirm gifts in other people. Parents, we have to actively teach our kids how to affirm gifts in other people. If you've got a kid that, you know, they can't stand to see that someone else is, you know, being celebrated for what they do, or, you know, you point out that you notice this kid did a really good job with this, and you notice in your kid, they're kind of like, mm, it was okay. <laughs> That's a heart issue. Mm. And and it's actually a heart issue that should not be overlooked. It's it's quite sinful, right? Like what you want is you want to raise a leader who says, that was excellent. Mm. That person did a really good job. And not just in an area where your kid may say, well, I'm not gifted anyway. I, I would not do that, you know. But can your kid acknowledge that someone has done a great job in an area where he or she is gifted. Wow. If your kid is a musician, can your can your kid acknowledge that another brother or sister in their same sphere of influence is a good musician? Mm. This this is a heart issue, right? And it's so important for us to teach that and expect to see it on display in our children. Yep, definitely something that has to be modeled by us because we deal with the same type of things as as adults, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to model uh, leadership in that way as well to our children that, you know, we'll be able to see things in people and, and, and say, man, awesome. Praise God for that. You know, even if it's something that we do as well, uh, that they will be able to see that and have that same type of attitude towards their peers. And mm-hmm. so that's very important. Yeah. And one other thing, a leader talking about what it is to raise a leader, um, a leader's words can be trusted. Hmm. Like, you know, don't let your kid commit to something that he or she cannot follow through with. Yeah. You know, there may be people who feel like, hey, it'd be really good. Hey, can you do this? I'd like to see you do. But you have to really stop and think, OK, wait a minute. My kid may want to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. My kid may want to do something that, you know, requires a tremendous amount of, of commitment. The question is, can we follow through? So a leader's words can be trusted. If the leader says we are going to do this, then it should be expected. We are going to do this. How do you teach your kids to do it? By even when it gets tough, ensuring that it gets done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Our kids don't naturally feel that. You have to teach that. You have to press that into their heart. And that makes a strong leader that, hey, I'm getting I'm getting weary here. Hmm. You gotta say run through the base. Hmm. You gotta you gotta keep going. Like you, yeah. you know what what I say all the time, hey, you gotta run through the tape. You mm-hmm. know, I've given an assignment and it's it's almost done. Hmm. It's almost done. And so you go, who wants to watch a race where the people get right up to the tape and no one wants to break through the tape? <laughs> yeah. You almost want to get out there and push someone through the tape because you're like, come on. Right. Right. And so we often say that with our kids, it's like, no, run through the tape. You Mm got to see it through to the end. Your word is your bond. If you say that you're going to do something, you've got to do it. Did you Mm -hmm. tell me that you would do this? Did you tell me that you would be here? Did you tell someone else? that you would do this and that you would be here. You don't want to remove from your kid the weight of that responsibility. Why? Because it makes a good leader. Yeah. Leaders feel the weight of what they've said they will do. And if it takes you all night, if you're a good leader because you said you would do it, you're going to do it. That's right. That's right. It's so important because if they um, develop just a pattern of giving up, yes. a pattern of stopping, you know, that would be something, man, that would be throughout their lives. You oh, know? man. So, so true. They need us to be able to say, follow through, run through the tape. Matthew chapter five, verse 37 says, but let your statement be yes, yes or no, no. <laughs> Anything beyond these is of evil. Mm. Yes, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Right. I mean, there may be times where, you know, you'll say, let me get back to you on that. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I need to pray and see if that's something that I that I can do. And and that's OK. We, you know, we can teach our kids not to commit themselves to something just on the spot. Right. But right. The, the point is, once you commit, mm. once you say yes, yes is yes. That's right. Listen, <laughs> this this carries over into adulthood. Yeah. We've got a lot of people who have said yes. And then it got hard and they said no. Mm. And some of our kids, we're training them for that right now, that when it gets hard, when it gets uncomfortable, hey, you don't have to put yourself through that. You can you can be done with that. No, we want to say, did you commit to it? Then you then you want to see it through to the end. Did you say yes to that? Then and then and and here's another thing that's really important as parents. We want to stop our kids saying yes. Just no, come and ask me. Come on, let's talk about this together before you commit. Because if you commit to doing this, then you are going to do it. I mean, we had this conversation with, you know, uh, music lessons for some of our kids. (laughs) Yes. Just trying to find the right instrument. Couldn't find it, you know. And and we were so (laughs) conflicted because it's like, well, do you just let the kids stop or do you make the kid keep going? Do you set a time frame? You know, and I mean, and we're, you know, working through a few instruments here where it's like, <laughs> and then finally it's like, no, it's just, that's not the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can, yeah. you can only push so much and, and there are other things that are the things yeah. that then you can comfortably push. Cause you're like, no, you know what? This is the thing here. Right. Now right. we're, now we're dealing with commitment. You just got to be committed. Yeah. No, man, <laughs> it's not easy. And it's a thing where God will help you to navigate that. You know, um, it's definitely something that's necessary. There's a little pushing that has to be involved with, when it comes to our kids and follow through. Mm-hmm. That's why we're there. We have to, have, you know, have that standard. Like you need to complete the task, <laughs> you know. Um, but he also gives us the, the wisdom and understanding to know uh, when to move on, when it's maybe something else that should be pressed upon. You know, God gives us the wisdom and guidance for that. Amen. Last thing I want to say about um, how to raise a leader. 
um, is that leaders are courageous. Mm. Now, that does not mean that they're not afraid, mm. right? Because you wouldn't have to be marked as courageous if you were not afraid. Yeah. Sometimes we think, oh, you know what? I, I cannot be afraid or I, I cannot have something that pulls on my confidence here. No, but the Lord tells us in the midst of that to be courageous, right? And why? Because he's with us. Amen. Because the Lord is absolutely with us. So if we want to raise leaders, then we want to tell them, hey, listen, doing the difficult things, taking the difficult position requires courage. Mm. It requires a willingness to face the fear that, you know, your heart's going to start to race and maybe your mouth is going to get dry. We've had active conversations with our kids where they've told us, Hey, I've got to have a difficult conversation mm. and it's really tough for them. And it would be so easy for us as parents to say, well, let me, let me sit in with you. Let me help <laughs> you. And it's like, no, you, we've trained you. We've given you all the tools that you need to communicate well, to stick to the authority of scripture. And so we've got to say to our kids, you're ready for this moment. You may be afraid, your heart may race, mm -hmm. your your mouth may get dry, but you've got to tell the truth and you've got to know that the Lord is with you. So this is not some um be fearless. It's not I'm not looking for a coffee mug. Yeah. I'm not looking <laughs> I'm not looking for a t-shirt as cool as that may be. I'm looking to root that command and the knowledge that God is with our kids. Yes. So when we say fear not, or we say, be fearless. It's not a self-reliance that we're trying to point them to. We're trying to remind them that it's the Lord God who is with them. Amen. Amen. And that's where courage comes from. You know, we saw the apostle Paul encourage Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And so we teach that to our children that, you know, that fear, man, you don't have to embrace that, that God has uh, made you uh, courageous. If yes. you desire courage, he will give courage. And so uh, they have to be ones that are willing to stand, able to stand, you know, straight back, you know, Amen. Uh, especially in this culture. Man, they have to be courageous. Amen. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 10 and 11. Actually, I think I'm going to just do verse 10. Mm -hmm. Verse 10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Mm -hmm. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. Mm -hmm. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can you imagine that if your kid is facing something and you want your kid to lead out, you want your kid mm. to take the position that's not popular, you know, may cost him or cost her something, that you would remind your kid that the Lord God of heaven, the maker of heaven and earth, mm -hmm. is with him, is with her. I mean, this is very powerful. Let me just read that verse again. Yeah. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. Mm. So it's not this confidence in the flesh. Guys, look, we try to build a lot of our kids by saying things to them like, you can do it. You got this. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> man, I, I want I want our kids to go in the strength of God. Amen. I want them to go out into battle knowing that the Lord is with them, not that they have some confidence in themselves, some like, you know, new agey, culturally relevant response of like, you know, you go girl. <laughs> you know, that those things are yeah. fun and they make, they make <laughs> cool bumper stickers, but they are of no eternal value. Right. Here is what is of eternal value. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. 
Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. We can do this. We can equip our kids to lead well. We can begin the year well as a family um, for the glory of God. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture-proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support support this ministry. We appreciate it.